This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. Hello, this is Sarah Wright from Beyond the Bell Tower. And today we're talking with Esmira Palatova, and she is a senior in the SSS STEM program in um, engineering. And just recently she had the a privilege to participate in the largest philanthropy event at NC State. I think uh, I would call it a privilege um, yeah. because I was representing so many people. Uh, I am a senior right now in uh, biological and agricultural engineering. Mm -hmm. It's a small engineering uh, major here on campus. I'm originally from Charlotte, mm -hmm. um, but originally, originally, mm -hmm. I was born in Baku, Azerbaijan, mm -hmm. and I've been in America since 2003. So would that be like 16 years, almost 17 years? Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely consider myself an American at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you gone back? Yes. To um, so in the beginning, it was, we didn't go back when we first came here mm -hmm. for... Because you fleed. It right. was like not a right. choice. It wasn't financially feasible and yeah. it wasn't, uh, it would complicate our paperwork Mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. uh, in our immigration paperwork mm -hmm. so when I first came here we didn't go back until almost 10 years later so for 10 years we didn't see our family we were just here in America just me my mom my brother my dad mm -hmm. and then after that we became American citizens we got our permanent re well we got our permanent residency then we've been back maybe every Four years or so. Okay. I would say that. Okay. I was back last year for my uncle's wedding. Oh, and that was really great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, describe that country, because it's a smaller one that's not right. very popular. A lot of people are not well known. I guess not I'm a lot sure. of people talk about it. A lot of people don't know about it that much. It was a former republic of the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. I guess you can't say republic. It was a former territory of okay. the Soviet Union, and yeah. after the collapse of the Soviet Union in the nineteen nineties, yeah. we became our own country. Yeah. Very young country. We've only yeah. been a government for like 30 years. Yeah. Um, in the Middle East, I guess you could say Central Asia, Middle East. Yeah. We're Muslim. It's yeah. a Muslim country. It's a Muslim culture, very much rooted in those um, Caucasus mm -hmm. mountain traditions. Mm -hmm. We're very traditional culture. Mm -hmm. um, very like homogeneous, like of right. most people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. in those regions, like I like to say, in the U.S., we mm -hmm. classify people based on race, mm -hmm. and in those regions, especially in the Middle East, you're classified yeah. based on your ethnic group. Okay. Yeah. And that your ethnic group is just as important. It doesn't even matter what you look like, I would say. It's more yeah. who your parents are and what group they belong to. Okay. And that causes a lot of ethnic conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, same thing happened with us. We're currently in conflict, I guess you could say at war, with mm -hmm. Armenia. We're, mm -hmm. we're two different ethnicities yeah, 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 over yeah, this yeah. piece of land. Yeah. And because of that conflict, um, my parents, when we came over here, we were able to 
get approved for a refugee visa. Yeah. And that's how we obtained our permanent residency in the U.S. And that conflict is still ongoing. It's been going on since the fall of the Soviet Union. Right, 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 right. Because they had mass Mm -hmm. killings, right? They did. I mean, mass murder. They had ethnic cleansing. Yeah, that's right. So forced deportation. So if you lived in Azerbaijan Mm -hmm. and your grandmother, they found out your grandmother was Armenia, that Mm -hmm. means you had Armenian blood, you would be deported to Armenia. Even though you've never been there before. Right. And vice versa, Armenia deported Azerbaijanis as well. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like here. (laughs) You know? Exactly. Like, you would be deported to a place you've never been to. Right. Yeah. And my mother had some Armenian blood. Mm -hmm. And so that put her and her children at risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd they find out? Um, So, they didn't. Uh, We got here before they... They oh, could. found it. Right, 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 right. right. And so, so we were able to apply for asylum when we were here. Yeah. And um, and so, right, we never, we never had to deal with that because we just ended up staying in the United States. And yeah. we were the first in our family to come here. Yeah. We had absolutely no one. Mm-hmm. Like, we were starting from complete scratch. Not mm-hmm. even, not an uncle, not any distant cousin that had done this before us. Right. My, my dad, my mom were the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. And did they speak English? <laughs> no. My mom uh, learned a little bit, but yeah, she just learned, like, tribal phrases. Yeah. Like, she didn't. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't get around or anything like that. Right, 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 right. Mm. Was there a refugee program that helped? No. Because uh, usually there's volunteer <laughs> programs or something like that. So how did you adjust? I mean, because that's a big thing. And I would say, too, right. it's like having experienced such a huge adjustment. Mm-hmm then I'm sure it's prepared you for why you're successful now? Maybe. Actually, probably. Um, it's like we, you had it, you grew up not knowing what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, like, the people taking care of you, like, mm-hmm. there was a level of, like, not knowing what was going on. Right. So part of that is I was too young to mm-hmm. really understand the gravity of our situation. The mm-hmm. gravity of... So when we had to go to immigration court, mm-hmm. I don't think I really understood that if we didn't if our case didn't get approved, that this would be it. Yeah. That we were going to be deported. Yeah. You know, I, I was like eight, maybe yeah. eight. Mm-hmm. An eight-year-old mm-hmm. doesn't really understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably for the best. Right. Are you glad you didn't understand? I think <laughs> like I am. Like in hindsight? <laughs> yes. I think I am. Because looking at what people deal through with immigration in 2019, mm-hmm. it's really scary. It sounds yeah. really terrifying. So I'm glad I was young enough to not really understand the gravity yeah of the situation and also i think people ask me like how i adjusted mm-hmm. i didn't really have a choice not to mm-hmm. so it was either sink or swim mm-hmm. so either you you adjust to america you mm-hmm. assimilate mm-hmm. you learn the language you make friends mm-hmm. or you sink right and sinking is not an option right 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 Ever. right right like, i think my family raised me that way that yeah. sinking is never an option okay. for you yeah so I think that helped me be very adaptable. Yeah, because I was going to say, yeah, that's like, that was your normal. Mm-hmm. We moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I've been to nine different schools, like before high school. Oh, wow. So we moved around a lot in search of jobs. Mm-hmm. And each time you had to be ready to leave your friends behind mm-hmm. that you just made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to be ready to pack everything up and go to a place where no one knew you, where you had to explain yourself all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the schools? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that when I talk to people whose parents were in the military, mm-hmm. 
like they have a similar experience yeah where they kind of like reinvent themselves yeah everywhere they go because Mm -hmm. they they get to start over Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's also hard leaving your friends behind yeah for sure especially as a kid yeah really need the friends (laughs) to feel normal yeah for sure (laughs) for sure yeah um so how does your like having gone through your immigration experience how do you connect to like what's going on now and when you hear stories mm-hmm. it really gets to me because i was just wondering is like you have a direct experience mm-hmm. to compare it to where it's not just something on the news mm-hmm. it's just not just information no it isn't for when the refugee crisis was happening in 2016 mm-hmm. and 2015 mm-hmm. That one hit me hard mm-hmm. because I remember a lot. Like, I remember pictures of children washing up on shore mm-hmm. and they were fleeing conflict. And I remember my peers, like, there was a big debate in politics about whether or not it was safe to let in people that we had no, no idea about. And they were so different from us. Yeah. And, they're, you know, they're Muslims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, that, yeah. Yeah, there were Muslims. Mm-hmm. And there was a general, still is a general mm-hmm. suspicion of Muslims. Mm-hmm. I think that one really got to me because I remember like people really close to me, like my own, like my own friends, mm-hmm. my, my own boyfriend, like being yeah. like, oh, we can't, th- these people are a security risk. Yeah. And I remember, and I did just. They co- did they connect that to your immigration story coming from no. a Muslim country? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that you will understand unless you live that experience. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's, people try to. Yeah. But I don't think you can really yeah. understand that. I think it. It makes you feel like your life is less valuable than mm-hmm. the people who just by accident were born here mm-hmm. and not in the borders of a place. Right. I think people really need to stop and think like where they were born was not something that they earned. It was not something they deserved. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. So you happen to be born within the borders of the U.S. It's like a lottery. It's the lottery. You won the lottery. Mm-hmm. And then these children were born within the borders of Syria, mm-hmm. who has been torn apart by war. Mm-hmm. So that one really got to me. And then now we have those deportations where the kids are separated from their families. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if I was ever separated from my mom when we were going through the immigration process, mm-hmm. like I don't think I would have just, I probably would have ran away. And yeah. I'd rather live on the street than be yeah. separated from my parents, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, because you were separated from your dad. Yes. Like the women and children were in one area, and then the mm-hmm. men were right. in a different area. Not only that, my dad came over here first, so I didn't see yeah. him oh, for okay. almost four years when he oh, was okay. here. Yeah. So we were apart, and then when we were coming here, um, right, they separated mm-hmm. me from my mom for questioning mm-hmm. to assess whether or not our paperwork was valid. Right. I don't think that I would have... And that's traumatizing. That, right? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine being separated from your parents. At the brother, be homeless. I'd rather mm-hmm. live on the street. I'm not accepting whatever family you hand me off to. Mm-hmm. It's personal. Mm-hmm. It, it's not political for you. It's not politics. It's people's lives that you're, yeah. you're gambling with and these politicians mm-hmm. are gambling with. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. they should see us as people. Maybe. And not, Maybe. that would probably help yeah. a lot of these problems is that yeah. we're people first and um, immigrants second. We're mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, we're fleeing. We want the same things as you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's human beings. 
a better life for our kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're literally fleeing war, and then people are afraid that you're a terrorist. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even make sense to me at that point. Uh, <laughs> it gets personal, is what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to yeah, get yeah, at. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I was thinking, because that's when, on a college campus, where you have, like, academic debates. Right, about... About these topics. The ethics of immigration. Yeah, or... Um, even religion or mm-hmm. current, um, like current events. Mm-hmm. And so then in a college classroom, you're to have an academic debate, right. you know, an academic discussion. Without emotion. Right. And so then when you're sitting there with personal experiences mm-hmm. and people are having a debate based upon the knowledge that they have, and mm-hmm. a lot of times it's limited, Right. You know, like we have, and then you're, so then you're sitting there, and I'm not sure if you've had that experience, but where you're sitting there going, it's almost like being Mm re-traumatized. Because do you (laughs) say, like, whoa, I had this experience and this was my experience, and I know you read an article in The Economist, Mm -hmm. you know, about this, but I'm letting you know that I'm coming from a a place of, like, firsthand experience. Right. I usually don't say anything. Yeah. Because it, but, I mean, have you had that? Like, in a class where they've had a debate about oh, yeah. a topic? Or even an instructor that um, lectures on a topic? Yeah, for sure. Um, for, uh, I can't remember which class. Maybe it was cultural anthropology. I don't I don't quite remember. I just took economics where this was, we touched a little bit on this whenever we talked about, um, like, immigration messing with the... Um, the price of labor, like so, I'll I'll give you a recent example. Uh, I'm taking a class now called mm-hmm. Peace in the Nuclear Age, mm-hmm. and it's basically a class on terrorism, ter- okay. terrorism in the modern age. Yeah, and uh, obviously, is Islam comes up a lot, mm-hmm. and the people and the way people talk about like the solutions to terrorism, is so, in my opinion, like almost degrading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like like the way they talk about this religion that they know almost nothing about, mm-hmm. almost as if it's terrorism is baked into the religion. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the religion that's the problem, not the extremists within mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a very myopic view. Mm-hmm. Like you you would recognize terrorism in Islamic countries easily, mm-hmm. but then we kind of forget about our own here, right in the United yeah. States. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have mass shootings every day. Right. Um, right. And bombings. And those by, are yeah. often, they're not done by jihadists. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's such a myopic view that it was, like, if I had to address every single person that said something offensive mm-hmm. about the people who lived in that part of the world that they yeah. have never met, yeah, um, I would be out of breath. Like, I, it's not even worth my energy. It's not worth my time. Um, I'm not going to... I don't think I'm going to change anyone's mind. Right. <laughs> by, like, yeah. angrily calling them out yeah. on every, like, uh, how do you say, ignorant post that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens a lot, for sure. And um, I think that people don't stop and think about their own history before mm-hmm. they judge another's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I don't want to get into geopolitics like that, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I would say... It's your personal experience, and we have a lot of students who are coming from similar situations. Right. And that's the thing is, like, if a student who comes here to NC State and they're sitting in a classroom 
where people are having an academic, quote-unquote, debate about something that personally affects them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of students who sit there and are victimized, Mm -hmm. and they aren't comfortable in the classroom. They aren't comfortable enough to even approach the instructor because, well, if the instructor didn't... um, address the statement to the student, then the instructor must believe it. So if my instructor, yeah, so if my instructor is okay with these statements being made, that means if I go in and disagree, it'll hurt my grade. Mm -hmm. Right. I I feel that way. I sometimes, a lot of times I don't feel like it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And so that's the piece of you sharing your story so that when other students, it's like they have one way of, you know, you can share the way you managed it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, of right. like partic- like class participation, um, like how do you do that when it's personal? Or do you decide, like, this is too personal, too emotional, I'm just going to sit this one out and not participate? Or mm-hmm. um, So I think when you start with leading from an emotional angle, that a mm-hmm. lot of people don't listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> especially as a woman, yeah. you can't lead with your emotions. So uh, I think a good way is to uh, Trojan horse your opinion. Like, just sneak it in behind facts. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like I said, um, what I said about the mass shooters in the Mm -hmm. United States, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. Mass shooters in the United States are not mostly jihadists. They're Mm -hmm. not mostly Muslim. That Mm -hmm. is a fact. I wasn't speaking from my emotions when I said that. So if you stick with facts and you point out these discrepancies that a lot of these people who uh, live in this wall of, I guess I can say a privilege, Yeah. a lot of people never even considered. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sneak those in without coming off as confrontational, I think people would be more open mm-hmm. to hearing it. And I think I've, I've heard a lot of this from like students of color, mm-hmm. for sure, because mm-hmm. racism gets talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, sexism gets talk, uh, talked about a lot in these humanities classes and in these discussion forums. And... Um, Right, you can't, you can't, you can't just tell them this is my experience because mm-hmm. people won't believe you. Like they'll be like, "This is your right. experience." Doesn't yeah, mean yeah, it's how yeah. the world works. Yeah, yeah. Right? If you personally dealt with racism, yeah, doesn't yeah. mean that I'm it, racist. Right, or it can't be true. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. know somebody that had that experience. You right. know, like you must be making it up because you personally have not noticed these things. Yeah. So you don't think that's how the way mm-hmm. the world works. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of times minorities and People who are uh, coming from uh, underrepresented communities. Mm -hmm. um, Like marginalized. Right. LGBT people, Mm -hmm. people of color, um, immigrants, Mm -hmm. a lot of times. um, They can't lead with that. Yeah. You really can't because you're dealing with people that won't believe you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the piece we, a lot of students have dealt with is um, poverty and economics Mm -hmm. and money because it's legal to discriminate based upon economics. So, but it's not, so it's not a protected class. People have not had, like, safe zone training on how to best serve, Mm -hmm. you know, people without financial resources, where there are more trainings and just information about um, other groups of people, like other identities. And so there's not a lot of, people don't think about it, like they've never reflected as to like their own worldview and how that may interact with someone who doesn't have financial resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> with a couple of our students, they had waited until like their senior year 
to like stand up <laughs> in class really? and say stop just stop and this is the situation and a lot of it is like um was generalized statements about like social services mm-hmm. you know so it's like snap or whatever and i think there was an instructor that said you know if you receive um like financial aid not scholarships not grants but if you receive all the other financial aid it's like welfare like you're all on welfare you know like i like so i think there was an instructor who said like i'm paying your tuition made that comment so i'm actually i don't tell people how like i don't even mention that i get financial aid to my friends Mm -hmm. because i still feel like there is a sort of a stigma Mm -hmm. with it Mm -hmm. um even if you're getting partial financial aid like most i say Mm -hmm. a lot of people in the middle class get Mm -hmm partial financial aid oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right yeah, and yeah. then every, you know we people like us get full financial aid yeah uh so when we get together and everyone is talking about how um uh how they were like revealing their tuition bill to their parents mm-hmm. and yeah. their parents were like oh come on you're killing me yeah and then i'm thinking about how okay uh my mom couldn't even buy me a laptop let alone like pay for a semester's worth of classes right um so i just keep quiet I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't join in on the, co- like, the mutual complaining that binds us all as college students. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because right, my right. complaints are different. Yeah. I don't pay for classes out of pocket. Yeah. But I will later. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have student loans mm-hmm. in addition to the grants. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for sure. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to brag about it either. Like, right. Hey, your taxpayer dollars are paying yeah. for my education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though they are, and yeah. we don't, I mean, I think you should be happy about it because, you know, would you rather buy another, like, like fighter jet for our military or would mm-hmm. you rather put me through college? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what would you rather mm-hmm. have your tax dollars do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, seriously. I don't. It's I don't going somewhere. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where do you want it to go? So how does, I mean, you're sharing a lot about how, like, you stay private, so you stay private about... I do, and I think that's cultural as yeah. well. Um, I am from a very traditional yeah. Muslim culture. Yeah. And, um, you know, it is very much respect your elders, mm-hmm. um, stay humble, mm-hmm. don't brag, mm-hmm. don't be flashy, don't be showy. Wisdom is yeah. emphasized, mm-hmm. not not uh, being loud, but right. being quiet and wise, Yeah. for sure. Um, I mean, that's just how my parents taught me. They taught me to stay out of things that were none of my business. Yeah. Which is not, I I mean, I'm trying to, I don't think that, I don't completely agree with that. I Mm -hmm. I think we should get involved with things that are not our our business at some places. But in my culture, it's very much the opposite. Just keep your head down, keep your nose down, and keep going. But it's a survival strategy there. Right. It, that survival strategy in the mountains of Azerbaijan yeah. isn't going to work mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we talked about before about how I'm trying to get confidence in my interviews while finding mm-hmm. jobs mm-hmm. during presentations. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not something I learned. Right. It's, it's not, my culture does not like confidence. It's, and especially it doesn't like confidence on women. Right. It's very off-putting on yeah. women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, something yeah. I have to teach myself. Right. Because how my parents grew up does not apply here. Right. Completely does not apply mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I do tend to stay private. Yeah. But it is part of my upbringing. Yeah. And I do 
think that staying private is not necessarily the best course of action. Like, I would agree mm-hmm. that, uh, like, if someone is picking on me, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably won't say anything about it, mm-hmm. honestly, because I, I frankly don't really care. Yeah. What you think of me yeah. and what you have to say about my my life. Yeah. But I don't think I would stay quiet if I saw someone else being picked on. And I yeah. think that's very important. Yeah. That you don't let other people get kicked mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. Right. Do whatever you want to me. Mm-hmm. But don't don't talk to her that way. Mm-hmm. You don't get to talk to her that way. Right. So right. that's an important distinction. Yeah. Like you'll take it on. Grew up being bullied because of the food my mom packed me for lunch. Mm-hmm. So they would be like, what kind of weird Russian food? Yeah. Is this smells funny? Why are so many vegetables? <laughs> like, what is this? Um, mm-hmm. Like, Preserve. oh my God. Well, I would have, what I would have done to have a Lunchable yeah. for lunch, <laughs> I would have, oh my God, I would have done anything to just get a Lunchable. But my mom didn't think that crackers with ham on the side was a meal. It's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> and those little cracker pizzas yeah. that are not pizzas. Yeah. So she would uh like cook me Russian dinner like borscht. You know yeah. what borscht is? Yeah. She legit packed a like a third grader borscht for lunch. Yeah. I got crucified. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, it looks like mush, right? <laughs> it's like red mush. It's yeah. beets. It's made out of beets. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Listen, I You can up... dye your clothes with beets. <laughs> like, that's right. Yeah. Hey, our food is just whatever survived mm-hmm. the harsh winter. <laughs> yeah. Made it into our food. So, mm-hmm. we, like, I grew up me- being made fun of all the time for being different. Mm-hmm. So, bring it on. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. But don't make fun of other people because yeah. that's just not. Stay, that's not mm-hmm. your place to do mm-hmm. so. You're not mm-hmm. on equal footing with them. Right, 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 right. So, how do you navigate that, like, going home to your parents and. So this is my thing. Mm-hmm. So if you stay private and you hold back parts of you mm-hmm. to different people, like who do you like totally connect with? So they say like you have to like have a sense of belonging mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so I'm wondering, so I, this is me. I'm, I'm seeing when you say like, oh yes, I'm private. Mm-hmm. Then do you have a sense of belonging oh. on campus? You know, with certain yeah. groups, like in all the different subsessions, like, right. So it's, it's, um, which this is me half as a professional and then half as my own, like personal experience mm-hmm. is, but some people don't, you have a sense of belonging, even though nobody knows the full you, like nobody truly sees you. I would say it's definitely the second one. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I don't have a sense of belonging based on my identity. Mm-hmm. How many Azerbaijanis do you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> How many immigrant refugee geez. Azerbaijanis do yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who speak Russian. Who don't even speak mm-hmm. Azerbaijani. I speak a different language. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think I've never had a sense of belonging based on my identity. Yeah. When I was growing up, I would stick with other immigrants in my community. Yeah. So, for example, I would stick with a lot of uh, Hispanic kids mm-hmm. because a lot of times we were coming from the same immigrational backgrounds mm-hmm. and the same immigrational struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, I would stick with um, Indian kids mm-hmm. because their parents was sh- were just as strict as mine yeah. and we had that in common. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I lived in West Virginia, I uh, my best friend was Pakistani. Mm-hmm. That was pretty yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. We got pretty yeah. close with that. Yeah. Um, so what so about here? Here. On campus? Oh, here. 
Um, not based on my identity, but I found yeah. a sense of belonging based on, um, I guess my, uh, I don't want to, how do I put this? Based on my interests, mm-hmm. based on my yeah, yeah, yeah. intellectual capacities. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. hang out with engineers who are mm-hmm. passionate about the environment like I am. Yeah. And um, even though we come from very different backgrounds, we... There is a commonality that's right. deep center mm-hmm. as to who you are. Right. Like one of your identities is being passionate about the well-being of the world and, mm-hmm. you, you know, other people. And we have the same ideas of how to do that. Right. So that's a major identity. I mean, that's... Exactly. So you don't get to uh, find commonality based on where you come from, but mm-hmm. you find commonality based on who you've become. Mm-hmm. And you feel comfortable sharing everything you have to say about... Mm engineer like so we'll get into mm-hmm. it later too is all your different service trips you know right. of helping out other countries with engineering skills mm-hmm. and whatnot um well i mean i they all know about it and yeah like for example uh after red and white night my mm-hmm. group my senior design group which mm-hmm. was my group of friends mm-hmm. uh, they all came up to me even though they didn't really understand what it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. they saw my snapchat story they came up to me and they were like i'm so proud of you i don't really mm-hmm. get what you did but i know you mm-hmm. gave a speech and i'm very, yeah very proud of you yeah. very I, I could tell you were a big deal <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> they were very supportive um mm-hmm. and they're good people and there's a way of thinking, like if you're going into something like engineering, mm-hmm. where you just think about the world as a problem to solve, as mm-hmm. like a as a puzzle, mm-hmm. it's a puzzle that you want to solve. Mm-hmm. That's something that you can have in common with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, how you view the world, right? And we connect through that. Yeah. Um, and we connect through, like for example, we're all women in engineering. Mm-hmm. We're all girl engineers. Mm-hmm. Many of them are coming from rural backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird, like, they're all mm-hmm. white, mm-hmm. right? But, like, people from rural backgrounds, I mean, I have a connection with that. I mean, my grandparents live in a village, and I would right. spend a lot of my time in the village. Right. So, like, I feel like they're not flashy people. Yeah. They're very down-to-earth, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't know everything about my situation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, and I don't think they need to. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're... Yeah, you're making a personal choice that you feel comfortable with that choice. I feel, I don't feel like they need to. Mm -hmm. Because because at a certain point, like, I don't want to pile on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to pile on. Yeah, Um, yeah. We'll save it for the book. Right. Just because your problems are different from mine doesn't mean you don't also have problems. Right. You know, and a a lot of them grew up relatively well off, like multiple homes. Yeah. Um, You know, fancy vacations. Um you know, parents had enough to put multiple children through college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They saw a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're coming from educated families and they have connections to find work after graduation that you perhaps don't have. Mm-hmm. But I think I think we can all find common ground. Right. Honestly, I really do think we can right. all find common footing despite where you're from right even Mm -hmm. when we are so different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're still people in the end Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we're all people yeah it's not looking at it as a deficit Mm -hmm. like they have something i don't have right and i'm if if i had that i'd be Mm -hmm. like better happier more successful or because sometimes it's that comparison game i'm gonna be honest that all humans do right i mean it's a human condition to compare my but where does it compare where it actually, like, 
to the extent that you don't feel comfortable in the classroom. You don't, you know, feel mm-hmm. comfortable in the dorm. You can't fully participate. Like, you mm-hmm. have to hold back what you want to say or you're embarrassed, you know, that you don't have the same things to share. So a lot of students will be, like, when they're talking about, say, spring break plans and they oh. don't have anything, <laughs> you know? It's like I can't contribute mm-hmm. to the conversation, so that makes me feel different, mm-hmm. you know? I... I actually like these are things that I try not to think about to be honest. No, 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 right, right. So you can mm-hmm. tell students like there's some things you just it's not worth your it's like how are you what are you going to spend your time on thinking mm-hmm. about your mental energy for sure. Yeah, and, and so that's the thing of like just don't go there. Like if you're making the choice of like I just don't go down that Mm-hmm. rabbit hole because it's for my best interest not to go there mm-hmm. you make a conscious effort not to go there then that is good advice for other students I I hope so and I know yeah. not everyone not everyone can be that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they just um, choose to not go there right that, that's for sure mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm not saying that's the best way but it's just how I've learned to survive mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. being in so many different places and having to uh, present myself differently each time yep so, I mean, yeah, it's how you choose to survive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, what's it called when, um, you know, code switching? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So yep. I'm, I don't have to deal with that, like, as an African-American person would. Mm-hmm. But you do have to know. Or whatever culture to. is different. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. So you, you do switch up your presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, and it's like natural because mm-hmm. it's like how you talk with your family. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's not even with words. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just by the way, like your mother's sitting, what she's thinking about. <laughs> you know, right. if she had like said, there's not a, there's not a like the the words you use for intimate conversations are very different. Like you can't speak in like those incomplete you know, sentences, you know, of only 10 words, you know, in a classroom or if you're trying to build a relationship with a friend, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then, yes, in a, the, um, in higher education that is not necessarily progressive, mm-hmm. the, the language is, um, requirements is pretty strict, I think. Here. It's different than high school, too, sure. and how you interact with professors and, um, what you share, how you share. Um, so if you talked like you do in class, you know, to a significant other, well, I don't it would be... to him that way. <laughs> right, 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 right. And we so it's just completely like... differently mm-hmm. when we're by ourselves mm-hmm. than when we are at, like, a tailgate or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. surrounded by... Uh, well, like, <laughs> for example, it happened today. So they were talking about the temperatures in the office. So it's all staff people, some higher-ups, you know, that would control if I got hired or fired, like, you know, uh, administrative level. So we're talking about the temperature of the offices and what to do about it. And so I was like, oh, mine's so hot. And they're chat, chat, chat. And I'm like, yeah, it's hot enough to breed sheep, as my grandma would say. And it was like an uncomfortable, okay, I'll go, like shut the door and walked out. I didn't think that was uncomfortable. But so many people, so that's, like, what we would say in rural Vermont. Look, well, how do they think they get wool? You breed sheep. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, like, those, what do you call it, like, an idiom or whatever yeah. it is? It's just, like, that's not 
in higher education. Hmm. That's not a standard one. Mm-hmm. So the other thing she says is, oh, it's darker in a pocket. Well, pockets are really dark. Yeah. Is that weird to say? In an academic setting. See, that's a, that's, I will say this. I do like this about NC State, especially mm-hmm. my major. I'm mm-hmm. in the College of Life Sciences, mm-hmm. like combined with engineering. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of country folk. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't come with that uh, Ivy League elitism mm-hmm. that other schools might, especially mm-hmm. like in New England, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really don't come with that kind of elitism. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another common ground that mm-hmm. I find with people is that yeah. I'm also not from an elite family yeah. or an elite yeah. background, yeah. and we de- <laughs> we have that in common. We don't need to be fighting each other. We have more in common mm-hmm. than you do with the rich people in Congress, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like okay. you're, the <laughs> we have a lot more in common. Yeah. So I like that about NC State. Yeah. I feel like we don't have a lot of elitism that mm-hmm. you might see at different schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my oh opinion. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in just different workplaces. So mm-hmm. like you're going to be at engineering firms, mm-hmm. and you'll have some that are, you know, tie collared shirts, and then you'll have some that are jeans. Yep. You know, it'll be very um, different. You know, mm-hmm. I'm currently considering. I'm currently interviewing at both of those places. We have a very serious place that is, you you wear uh, a tie, you wear a suit, and mm-hmm. you're just very serious all the time. And then another place where they just go bowling after work and then grab drinks with their boss. Right. Very right, two right, different right, environments. Right. So what positions are you um, uh, interviewing for? Like what positions do you want? Because right. you graduate in May mm-hmm. 2020. Uh, mainly uh, water resources engineer. Yeah. Um, the entry level position, mm-hmm. um, assistant engineer. So basically, in the water resources department mm-hmm. of either land development firms, right, or capital improvement firms. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Right. So, what are the differences between the the um, like the two differences that you shared? Mm-hmm. Like, which one do you think if you were offered both jobs, mm-hmm. which one would you pick? I don't know, because there's more prestige associated with being more serious, mm-hmm. right? And the the more serious firm is a national firm, so it has more resources, it's bigger, um, yeah, it yeah. has a wider reach. But the the smaller firm is a lot more chill. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that have like the tight knit family and environment. Mm-hmm. But you know, I feel like it would also be a little less money mm-hmm. because it is a regional firm. They do work in the south, right? So I don't know. I really don't know. And do you, so being like the first in, in your family to become a professional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, to get a diploma, become a working professional, mm-hmm. what do you want? Do you want the prestige mm-hmm. or do you want to have fun? Right. Do you want right. to enjoy right. coming to work every day? Right, 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 right. And I'm not saying I want to enjoy like in a serious environment yeah. coming to work yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the things you consider too is like, um, opportunities for advancement Mm -hmm. so if there's less positions and people stay you know but if it's national then there's a lot more options because you know you have all the national offices Mm -hmm. for like promotions and professional development right and these are all things that Mm -hmm. I have to figure out myself my Mm -hmm. mom my mom really can't help me with Mm -hmm. this um so Mm -hmm. I I don't know I will maybe talk to people at the career center Mm -hmm. um Yep. And try to make a decision. Yeah, well, and um, that, and we can put you in touch with other engineering students. Mm-hmm. So you can, um, 
learn even from their mistakes and how they negotiated their salaries and oh, how they made they a decision based upon like if you um, like liquidate the benefits. So of the benefits they offer, like how much does that equate into cash? Like how much are those benefits going to save mm-hmm. you? Um, and so the salary may be lower, but the benefits are so much better. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of like what's more important to you and what does it actually like transition to? That or is it like where the company is? Is it the type of job? Is it... Um, yeah, the feel, like the intuition. Like, do you mm-hmm. connect with the people in the interview? Or are you, like, so, you know, uncomfortable? Um, <laughs> this is so much. <laughs> so graduation is in a couple mm-hmm. of months, and I just mm-hmm. feel like a deer in the headlights. No, you do it. all of these things. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. You get the offers, and um, you just get the two offers, and then you talk to a couple of people, because you have a couple of days before you accept the offer, and mm-hmm. you can go back and ask more questions like about the different benefits. Um, and then, um, like you'll also want to factor in who's going to sponsor you for your PE license. Oh, um, that's that's a given. Yeah. Any, every firm yeah. will do that. that, that mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kind of have your checklist. Yeah. And, you know, you're not going to stay at the same place. So, I don't think so. No, nobody does. I mean... It's not going to be that bad. You know, you can always apply. It's, like, easier to get a job once you have a job, too. Oh, that's for sure. No mm-hmm. one was giving me any callbacks until I had my first internship mm-hmm. on my resume. Mm-hmm. I was not even... No one even gave me a second look. Mm-hmm. And then I got this internship, and then mm-hmm. the offers came rolling in. Mm-hmm. So how did you get the internship in engineering? Because um, it's in Raleigh, too. Right. right. It's very close to here. Um, my professor recommended me. Mm-hmm. Why, I, it's, why do you think they <laughs> recommended you? So this was my professor um, in in BAE, um, and I had a class with him. Uh-huh. I took his uh, stormwater design class, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, he was doing this program to study abroad in Spain. Mm-hmm. And I told him at the interest meeting, I would love to go to this, but I really need an internship over the summer, so I don't think I could I can go. Right. And then he told me that um, he really likes me. I worked for him before, too. Oh, how did you get um, that job then? I um, That one was, I answered an email, and then okay. I, I interviewed. Yeah. It wasn't even him interviewing me. It was yeah. his, like, yeah. subordinate. So you read mm-hmm. emails sent to you from your academic department. I read everyone. You, mm-hmm. And then you responded. <laughs> so how do you read everyone? I mean, a lot uh, of students really? don't mm, don't read emails. Like, they miss a lot from emails I read all of them so even if how I'm much a, time does it take it doesn't take any time if you take the bus what else are you going to do on your phone but read emails I feel like if I'm at the bus stop waiting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I read emails mm-hmm. um sorry this may be TMI if I'm in the bathroom I'm reading emails <laughs> well yeah so it's like yeah how do you spend your time mm-hmm. interacting with um like say your phone mm-hmm. is it with work school related emails or right. is it with social media or is it with um you know drawing apps and (laughs) you know whatever (laughs) right candy crush um my most frequently used app is my school email Mm -hmm. and um i don't honestly if you give yourself a break from social media i haven't Mm -hmm. posted in over two months and Mm -hmm. it's been incredible Mm -hmm. really 
it's such a time sucker. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you just feel worse afterwards mm-hmm. than you did going in. Yeah. And it's not that uh, stress-free relief that people, like, think it is. You know, you're just standing in line, you're browsing yeah. through Instagram, and you're seeing all your classmates who, are like, are going on these trips. Yeah. And then... Uh, getting these jobs and yeah. like doing so much better than you and they yeah, look yeah. better than you and they yeah. didn't they didn't gain a bunch of weight as soon as they got into college mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you don't need that in your life mm-hmm. check mm-hmm. your email look so at that's the opportunities. Priorities. I mean I think that's the thing it's like emails are a priority in college for sure like they make the difference mm-hmm. like one you miss one email and that's a job that's an internship yep uh, so treat almost like every email from the university as potential money, potential job. I mean, it's every email from the university is going to benefit you in mm-hmm. some way. Right. Exactly. Every email could be an mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if even if you don't respond, at least consider it. Right. I even read those howls. You know those howls that we get from the student body president mm-hmm. and no one reads mm-hmm. those? I read them. Yeah, that's <laughs> important. Knowledge is power. <laughs> like, it's like who has information mm-hmm. is a privilege. Like, mm-hmm. if you have the most information or certain information, you have power over other people. Exactly. And what, what do we have right now? We don't have a manufacturing economy. Mm-hmm. We have a knowledge economy. It's mm-hmm. all based on digital information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, Facebook is making billions of dollars not by making an app. Like, yeah. but by collecting our personal information and selling it. Yeah. What they know about you is making them billions of dollars. Yep. So, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes you I You can build an entire company, uh, yeah, off just information. Just selling, mm-hmm. buying and selling information. Mm-hmm. So, I mm-hmm. for sure. So, uh, you know the strengths test that mm-hmm. Rebecca likes to do? Mm-hmm. So, one of my number two strength was input, mm-hmm. which means you, you're an information collector. And I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. could... I still have, like, museum brochures from middle school for when I visited the Met. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I don't throw anything away. Yeah, like, I'm I have bored. to know stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to, like, I have books everywhere. Um, I save PDFs. You know when mm-hmm. you sign up for, um, like, for more information mm-hmm. from, a, like, an mm-hmm. influencer or a website or whatever, and yeah. they send you a free PDF? Yeah. I have a specific folder in my Google yeah. for free PDFs that I've collected. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> on like financial information yeah. meal prepping all sorts of yeah all sorts of stuff um so i i definitely mm-hmm. collect information mm-hmm. for sure so. yeah i mean the the more you know and even for referencing the more you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i answered that email and then mm-hmm. um i began working for dr hunt as mm-hmm. a um undergraduate research assistant okay so i sampled water quality yeah. across north carolina for extension um and then you know he didn't really get to know me through that but I knew he was they didn't. A, they didn't care that you didn't have um, past research experience. No. Yeah. No. It's a sm- mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as you can do the work, mm-hmm. you can do the work. And yeah. I didn't let that stop me either. Like, I, mm-hmm. even if you don't qualify 100%, mm-hmm. think, what is it, the rule? Like, you qualify, like, 70, 60, even 50% still apply. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for I, sure. I still apply. For sure. And I didn't have any past research experience. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, it's not up to you to decide if you don't qualify. Mm-hmm. You're not the hiring. It's for this, the people hiring to decide no. if you qualify or not. So why are you reading, uh, you know, an ad mm-hmm. and saying, oh, I can't get that job? Exactly. That's none of your business. You're not the one that makes that decision. I've uh, even so. applied to jobs where my GPA 
disqualified me. Yeah. And they they honestly didn't ask. Mm-hmm. They they just assumed that I had the proper GPA. Right, 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 done right, from right. There. right. Um, yeah. So because I did such great work with him mm-hmm. in his class and mm-hmm. in his job, I knew I wanted to take that class because I knew I wanted to establish this connection. He's a big deal. Right. In my industry. Right. Like, What's his name? Bill Hunt. Bill Hunt. What Everyone, does he do? Oh yeah. He's like a, a like a prof- professor at yeah. a university, and he also does extension. Okay. For stormwater control. Okay. Yeah, yeah, across yeah, the yeah. State. yeah. So um, he like recommends, po- he advises like DOT. Right, right, and, right, right, right. Different companies right. on which direction they should be right. heading. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's a he's a big deal. Yeah. So and, he's valued for the information he has. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, I'm going to move around my schedule. So I can take this class and get to know you better. And that's exactly what I did. I got to know him better. Mm-hmm. He liked me. And he mm-hmm. recommended me for this job. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have my resume. I got an interview, like, in the form mm-hmm. of an email, mm-hmm. uh, like, four days later. Yeah. It was an insane. They didn't even ask for my resume until yeah. after they hired me. Right, because they value His opinion. Him. Mm-hmm. I, a professor, anybody, is not going to recommend you if they don't think you'll do a good job. People mm-hmm. don't make recommendations to, like, have people, like, fail. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't. So if somebody recommends you for a job or says you should apply for things, do it. That's more powerful mm-hmm. than any GPA you can mm-hmm. get in school. Yeah, because they know more from you because they know him. And if he's recommending you, mm-hmm. that they know more from that recommendation than they would a resume. Mm-hmm. And these people, mm-hmm. like my bosses right now, mm-hmm. are former students of his. Mm-hmm. And that's why they took his mm-hmm. opinion mm-hmm. I- into account. And that was so incredible. And after I got that position, I really started thinking about how much having connections can really make or break you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane. Like, coming mm-hmm. here when you don't really have any roots you don't have any mm-hmm. family members that know anybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to start from the bottom of the barrel when other people already are multi-generational nc state right right students right, like, right, yeah, right. my dad went here his dad went here mm-hmm. and then they all know people in different firms that mm-hmm. i can intern at mm-hmm. that is so valuable mm-hmm. and i remember really resenting those people because mm-hmm. i had no one helping me right but I think if, if you're resourceful enough, mm-hmm. you can dig yourself out. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. have to be clever. Relationships are much more powerful than mm-hmm. a resume. Yep. Yep. Literally. I mean, and that's not unfair. It's not like that's just the way it, it is. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to realize that. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, I was a very antisocial little... I don't mm-hmm. little unpleasant person. <laughs> like I was very unpleasant. When you were first year student, yes, yeah. <laughs> I was very unpleasant. Oh, like I didn't really care about like talking to my professors or, you know, I just I just thought that just like in high school, my grades would be enough. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. your grades are not enough in college. In right. high school, sure. Right. Yeah. Like I I had over a four point in high school and it was right. I was like I'm set. Yeah. I got to college and that was not the case. Yeah. Everyone has good grades here. So mm-hmm. what, what makes you different? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, um, yeah, like what makes you unique for sure? Like what's your special skill? Yeah. You're one yeah. of 30,000. Mm-hmm. 34, 36. 30, 36,000? <laughs> I think they're raising the two, um, oh, great. amount. But yeah, you're not special. <laughs> so what is clever? What's your definition of clever? 
Oh, clever. Okay. So my mom used to tell me that she can take a dollar and turn it into 20. Mm-hmm. But other people take a dollar and then they lose the dollar. Mm-hmm. So being clever is literally optimizing mm-hmm. absolutely everything at your disposal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that you recognize something. You're, you're intuitive. You pick up on something mm-hmm. that you may have not noticed before mm-hmm. and you adjust. Yes, you observe. Yeah. You have to be observant. You, yeah. And you know who you want to be like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know where you want to be successful. Like where you're going. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. For yeah, sure. Exactly. Like you have, a, you have a plan in your head where you're going mm-hmm. and you know that you have to be adaptable to get there. Mm-hmm. So like my mom was saying, I'll take $1 and I'll turn it into like five. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You take $1, you'll lose it. Mm-hmm. You'll spend it on a Coke in the vending machine. Right, 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 right. Because so, you're not observing and making adjustments. and you got to use everything you have to its maximum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. For sure. Like, when you are lacking mm-hmm. financial resources, they, mm-hmm. they do that well. Like, everything, every move is, might be strategic. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know that if I could pay this now... And then I have this much left over. I don't have mm-hmm. to pay this. Mm-hmm. No, it's not due right now. And I have mm-hmm. this to get me through until I get mm-hmm. paid for this. Mm-hmm. It's playing chess in your head all the time. You have to be yeah. clever. Yeah. And that's a huge skill to have. And that skill mm-hmm. is going to make you successful mm-hmm. in a career for sure. That's you know. Awesome. I don't want to sound like this little Mr. Mm-hmm. Evil, like just playing chess with people, <laughs> like they're my pawns. But like, that's how you. Do, I mean, <laughs> that's how you. That's how you survive. Yeah, honestly. I mean, who you do you thrive. like? That who are your friends? Who are people my friends? that give you compliments. <laughs> so it's just like, it's yeah. like, oh, if I agree with her, she'll be my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> If I, you know, read the same things or if I watch the same movies, we're going to be friends. Yeah. So you're thinking it's just coming naturally, but Mm -hmm. it's like you make that choice to connect. Yeah, for sure. I think we're nothing without the people that are there for us Mm -hmm. when we we need someone Mm -hmm. there for us. And Mm -hmm. I try to be there for my friends because I know they'll be there for me. Yeah. You're really, like, no man is an island. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you're really nothing Mm -hmm. without... The, the people that are there for you. Right. Like, nothing at all. Right, right, I'm right. I'm thinking about all those times where my mom would not have made it through mm-hmm. if she didn't have people, her friends, yep. and people within, like, our community in Charlotte, mm-hmm. our Russian community, our immigrant community, mm-hmm. that were there to help her, like, during our, like, darkest mm-hmm. hours. Um, like, we didn't, we didn't have to be homeless because mm-hmm. we could just stay with people. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. And that was because my mom was a good person. And everyone mm-hmm. liked my mother because mm-hmm. they could genuinely see a good soul. Right? They could not, They mm-hmm. did not see an ounce of malice in her. Right. And right, then, right, so right. They were willing to go out on their way, even though they didn't really know her. Yeah. They were like, no, you're going to stay with me. Yeah. Your children are going to stay with me. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know that whole, I did this myself? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. You didn't. Mm-mm. You had someone there that was mm-hmm. there for you, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't with cash. Mm-hmm. They were there for you spiritually. They were there for you emotionally. Mm-hmm. They were there to support you. And if it wasn't for that, no, you wouldn't have gotten through that time. Yeah. Well, and also, what could you have done if you had used your support system? You probably mm-hmm. could have gone a lot farther. Like, you know, when it's like, oh, I did this by myself. And it's like, 
Yeah, but what if you utilized all your resources? Exactly. Like social, mm-hmm. you know, social capital, financial capital, you know, whatever. That's mm-hmm. such a harmful myth, mm-hmm. I think. And it's based on this a sense of pride mm-hmm. that I don't feel like is backed up by anything. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a, like a value on like individuality and um, how would you like say inner strength or yeah, like it's I, like reliance on mm-hmm. others is a weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, that one lone person solved all their problems mm-hmm. and solved all of our problems. Well, and then you get here and it's who you know. Like you have to have lots of professor friends. Like you have to have you know. It's like who has more relationships with professors mm-hmm. than the other. Yeah. Does. So, like, individuality, it's not revered here. I honestly don't think... I really don't think that in a society it's really, like, going to get you that far mm-hmm. anywhere. I mm-hmm. honestly don't think that. Like, I think individu- individuality is for ourselves. Right. It's not for society. Right. Like, so... And even... You can still be an individual and have a lot of mm-hmm. friends. So, mm-hmm. I don't... I really don't get that. Um, and maybe it's because we come from a communist country mm-hmm. where, you know, working together was put above all else. Right. And, um, you know, like my mom would say, and we didn't really get to, like, express our political opinions or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we didn't go hungry. Right. And so that, w- that when she said that, that yeah. really hit me. They didn't go hungry. Because yeah. if you were hungry, there was food. Yeah. You go Go you go in the line yeah. and you wait for your food and you get your food and you leave yeah and that's it you got your food yeah because and that's that's how it was and like that's in, you can't individuality and your personal opinions whatever mm-hmm. whatever makes you as a person that's after your basic needs are met mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and in the country there where people yeah. were starving the peasants were starving mm-hmm. they didn't care about expressing their political opinions they wanted food. Right. So that's right. Well, you need that's food our story. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And then after that, then you go, you know, form your intellectual opinions. Mm-hmm. You go, mm-hmm. like, write, write your philosophy novel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Express your opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all yeah. gotta eat first. <laughs> yes. Trio Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic personal and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about student support services at NC State.